Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Introvert Attraction Podcast. In our last episode, we explored a different perspective when it comes to looking at the relationship that we have with both our anxiety and with our intuition. And we explored anxiety and intuition as a concept of messengers who are delivering information to you and you get to choose how to interpret that information. And that it's not a choice that you can make a massive change with immediately. And that's not the goal, but even just starting to turn towards it to actually listen instead of just blindly believing it as objective fact or shooting the messenger and not wanting to listen at all, but even just starting to view anxiety and intuition, not as enemies, but as companions and fellow travelers on your journey. And that concept can be especially helpful if you are on a journey with either dating someone new or you even in long-term relationships, this very much applies. But so many introverts suppress our authentic needs. We don't want to need anything. And we very much struggle with communicating the things that we need without feeling guilty or ashamed. And we also really struggle with communicating boundaries, especially when they are not responded to very positively by the other person. So it's very common to hear very strong messages from anxiety and from intuition telling you this is scary, telling you it's threatening, telling you you shouldn't be doing this, you should go back to how things were, and recognizing that those companions are coming from a very real experience in your past and that you can listen and respect them and you can start to build a new future in which you do walk with those fears but in a way that honors building a new future and becoming a new type of person. And it is not an easy journey. It's quite a challenging one. But learning to listen to anxiety and intuition instead of feeling terrified by it, which there are still going to be times that you will, that starts the possibility for you to become a whole new person or to become a person who you consciously choose instead of feeling like you are molded and shaped by the people who you're close with. You get to decide and it will always be a process. So I had another really cool conversation with one of our Instagram community members after this episode that we explored anxiety and intuition again. And she was wondering if there are other people out there who experience anxiety as kind of the thrill of the chase and feeling the emotional highs and lows that often go along with the beginning stages of a relationship. She said that those feel very normal and almost comforting for her. And she has recognized patterns in which that dynamic, that push-pull, the emotional highs and lows, the anxious avoidant trap is what that often is showing up as. That thrill of the chase, she's noticed that while that feels very normal and familiar, that she does not like it and that it always leads to her getting hurt, which is an incredibly common experience, but that people who are more emotionally stable or people who she's not having that high and low emotional up and down roller coaster experience, that something sometimes feels missing and that there's no spark, there's no chemistry with that person and wondering how anxiety and intuition might play a part with that type of dynamic. And that type of dynamic is incredibly common. 
especially for people who have an anxious attachment, because people who have an anxious attachment are very often drawn to people who have an avoidant attachment and vice versa. And that does end up looking like the thrill of the chase, because usually with those types of relationships, there's a lot of intensity and feelings and attraction and chemistry and spark. All of those things hit pretty hard pretty quickly in the beginning of those types of relationships. And that feels like an emotional rush. There's so many different hormones and chemicals that are just flooding our bodies and it feels really good. But what happens after that, however long it lasts, that honeymoon period ends, once the physical attraction and the chemistry fades and what is left after that is building meaningful intimacy and meaningful connection, which requires emotional regulation. It requires emotional maturity. It requires being able to communicate what you need and being open to vulnerability and open to the scary parts of emotional intimacy. And people who have avoidant attachment are extremely uncomfortable with that. So in the beginning stages of a relationship, when there's a lot of physicality to it and a lot of intuition, yes, this person, I have so much in common with them. We get along so well. I don't get tired of them ever. Intuition and sometimes anxiety can be present there, but sometimes just that intuitive pull feels very strong. And I don't want to argue with that because it might feel like that. Sometimes people might also feel a slight intuitive resistance telling you, "Uh uh-oh, this happened before, this might end poorly, but it could go either way. Regardless, everything feels like, yes, this is amazing. Yes, we're getting along so well. And then what happens is that when that rush feeds, the, the physical aspect of it, and then you're left with starting to build emotional intimacy, people with avoidant attachment are very afraid of failure. They're very self-conscious about their difficulty with emotional connection. And they respond to those normal fears by pushing people away, by creating emotional distance instead of creating emotional connection. And if you have an anxious attachment, that is when after that initial rush, after those few initial weeks, initial months, that's when the other person just starts to pull away. And that sparks a ton of anxiety and a ton of intuition telling you, "Uh uh-oh, this happened before, Uh uh-oh. And most people with anxious attachment, when they are confronted with someone who's pulling away, we, because I also have anxious attachment, we are inclined to want to close the gap. We turn towards if there is too much space with emotional intimacy And that is what starts the thrill of the chase. And that is what starts the emotional highs and lows. And it it becomes an emotional addiction. And research has shown this very definitively that we start to associate stress hormones, adrenaline, epinephrine, cortisol. We start to associate those hormones and, and the feelings and the experiences that they create, we start to associate those with feelings of love and the intermittent feelings of connection that we feel with this person. And when those stress hormones and when those love hormones are absent, you might feel really empty and you might feel bored and you might feel numb and you might feel like there's nothing going on with this. So if you ever have a relationship that's more stable, it might not feel like anything. And it almost takes a detox period to start to allow that 
co-occurring stress response with the attraction response to start to decouple, it can take a while for you to build new neural pathways that are not based on the thrill of the chase. And sometimes feeling empty and numb can feel really scary. And like, is this it? If you're with someone who has a more secure, stable attachment, it can feel very blah. And you don't feel very alive when you feel blah. And that is why so many people with anxious attachment and with anxiety in relationships are drawn to the thrill of the chase, like this community member who I chatted with this about. And that anxious avoidant dynamic is what creates that chemical push-pull because the person who has avoidant attachment, they know that you're going to pursue them and that makes them feel desired and desirable without them having to put any actual effort at connection. It keeps the relationship on their terms and it allows them to feel good about themselves without having to face the discomfort of their fear of failure. So what happens is you have that initial honeymoon period, you're deeply bonded with them on a neurochemical level, they start to feel uncomfortable when you want actual emotional intimacy, which is a normal, healthy, constructive thing to want. So they pull away, you experience feelings of anxiety and possibly intuition from those messengers telling you, "Uh uh-oh, this person's pulling away. Those messages are accurate. And if you are programmed to respond by closing that gap, by trying to create emotional intimacy, they're going to pull away even more and you're going to feel distraught. You're going to feel terrified. You're going to feel like you're going to lose this person. You completely abandon all of your needs, all of the things that are healthy and necessary and actually emotionally connected relationships. And eventually they will throw you some breadcrumbs, especially if you respond to their pulling away with what are called protest behaviors which is acting out, getting upset. Maybe you give them the silent treatment. Maybe you ignore them for a while. And then they start to get a little antsy. Uh Uh-oh, why is this person pulling away? I want to be pursued. So then they throw you a couple of breadcrumbs and you have that emotional low. It feels like a low, but it's actually, again, that conditioned stress response of of despair and those negative emotions associated with the stress response. And then they throw you a couple of breadcrumbs and then you feel the high. You feel like, oh my goodness, this person wants me. I feel desirable. And, and then you have that physical chemistry, physical attraction connection, and then you both feel that high. And then once again, the person with avoidant attachment feels like this is too close. This is too much. They're going to see me for who I am. They're going to feel like I'm a failure. And then they start to distance themselves again. And they know that you are going to make them feel desired without having to put in work by trying to do the emotional work for them and to close the gap. So the entire time you are consistently pumping out stress hormones and your body is conditioned to believe that and not even believe that, but conditioned to feel and experience this roller coaster effect of the highs feeling desired and wanted, the lows feeling crap about yourself, feeling like you're not worthy, feeling like you're not good enough. All of that is associated with the stress hormones that make you feel alive. And typically, these relationships end in a very dramatic fashion in which you end up feeling very abandoned and, and possibly being very abandoned. A lot of times, these people will ghost you. Or they might say really mean, hurtful things to get you to go away. Regardless, though, then you're really hit with a low because those stress hormones that are activated by the other person are now gone and you are left feeling numb, empty, and like crap about yourself. 
And if you go through many of these relationships repeatedly, your brain and your nervous system start to associate that familiarity with safety. Even though it does not feel good, our brains and nervous systems want to keep us protected. And what is familiar is what it believes keeps you protected. So even though it feels absolutely terrible, we will always choose the familiar, even if it feels awful, over a different type of discomfort by creating something new. And then if you're drawn back to a different type of avoidant person, and if you have had a low period where you're feeling numb and detached and not feeling much of anything, that same initial rush of neurochemicals and hormones, it's it's going to feel really good. And you're going to be drawn right back into that stress response, emotional roller coaster again. And those are the times that you are knowing that you're betraying yourself deep down. You might feel, especially if this is a repeated pattern, you might feel that anxiety and that intuition trying to give you a heads up before the terrible crash and the breakdown of the relationship. And this community member was saying, okay, I've watched this happen three times. Is this normal? Is this type of thrill of the chase? Is this what love is supposed to be like? Is feeling anxious at the threat of loss of this person constantly? Is this what it's supposed to be like? And that's what it is like for many people. But that is not consistent with a love that is emotionally mature, a love that is enduring, a love that is stable, a love that you can depend on, and a love that honors, respects, and values your authentic self, which requires connection and vulnerability and communication and boundaries and respecting yourself. There's so many different ingredients and no one teaches us how to do these things. So it's not your fault if you've been in this pattern. I was in this pattern for much of my early 20s and it felt terrible. It's awful. So if if you're stuck in this pattern, I very much know what you've been through. And if you have not listened to the past episodes on rejection, that fear is what is the underlying theme that keeps you in these types of relationships and those internal responses and the external behaviors that result from that often are what accompany a lot of these push-pull, thrill-of-the-chase type anxious avoidant relationships. So you are not alone if you've been going through this. You are not abnormal. And this is not what a healthy, emotionally stable, mature adult relationship could look like. I don't ever want to tell people what your relationships should look like. Because you know what? If you enjoy that thrill of the chase and you don't want to change it, good on you. I am never going to tell someone how to live your life. But I think that many, many, many people deep down want more. They know that they're capable of more, but they just aren't quite sure how to go about getting that. So if that's where you are, that's okay. And if that's where you are and you are struggling with feeling attracted or connected to someone in the early stages, if you're not feeling that rush, that could be actually a a message from your anxiety or your intuition. Hey, you're not attracted to this person. Hey, there's nothing here. Hey, this person did this thing that annoys me. And a lot of times your, your anxiety and your intuition will kind of team up against you and they will pick out faults with this other person if you can't find any blaring red flags to begin with. 
and it will tell you reasons. And eh, this, this person has this weird thing they do. I, I don't really want that. Eh, this person doesn't quite match up to this last person who broke my heart. We just pick apart people and find these silly little faults that don't mean anything, but your intuition and your anxiety team up to tell you that it is a sign that you're not going to be a good fit for this person. And if you choose to blindly believe that message, you will carry on as if it's the only objective fact. And that's why getting in touch with your authentic needs, getting in touch with the emotional needs that you have, and getting in touch with your your true self helps you to develop a new relationship, both with your intuition and anxiety, but with what your beliefs and what the possibilities are for what an emotionally mature type of love could look like for you. So yes, circling back to the question that I opened with in this episode, yes, anxiety can manifest as the thrill of the chase and intuition can also keep leading you to that thrill of the chase and that push-pull dynamic because it, it is an emotional addiction. It is fueled by our past experiences and that is very normal, but it's also very destructive and it can be quite unhealthy. <laughs> And again, that doesn't mean that the messages coming from your anxiety or intuition are incorrect because remember, those messages come from your past experiences. So if you have had past experiences in which your intuition and anxiety are telling you, hey, this isn't like before, this is different, this doesn't feel good, this is unsafe, even though it is actually leading to a safe relationship. It makes complete sense why your anxiety and intuition are giving you those messages and you can listen to them and respect them and choose to take a different path forward without blindly following them. And the more that you reinforce to yourself that you can listen to those parts of yourself without being controlled by them and that you can make new choices that move in a different direction and you can use your anxiety and your intuition as guides Over time, you start to build trust in yourself that you do have your own best interest at heart. And not only can you have the potential to build a healthy, loving relationship with a romantic partner, but you also strengthen your ability to have a healthy, trusting relationship with yourself. And at the end of the day, that is what I want most for you. So take a look at this in your own life. If you are someone who perhaps identifies with having an anxious attachment, if you are someone who has also been swept away by the thrill of the chase or the really intense highs and lows in relationships, if you fall for people fast and hard and then they pull away and you end up having your heart broken, take a look at those dynamics. Take a look at the messages that your anxiety and intuition are sending you now and start to decide where you want to go. Do you want to keep listening to those messages of the past and to keep going into those same types of relationships, even though you know they're not healthy for you long-term? Or do you want to build something new? Do you want to learn how to love in a new way that's actually healthy and sustainable and stable (laughs) and still has those elements of attraction and chemistry? You can have it all, but a lot of people need help to get there, and that's okay. If this resonated with you, or if you have experiences with this, or if you would like help working through this in your own life, you can connect with me on Instagram at Introvert Attraction. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for being brave enough to look into the deepest, darkest parts of yourself and to start to shine a light on it and to not be embarrassed or ashamed if you have had these experiences. And it is only by 
looking at them and embracing them and walking alongside those experiences that you truly have the potential to become the best version of yourself and and to live the life that you truly deserve. So thank you for being here and taking that time for yourself because you don't have to. So the fact that you are here says so much about you and, and I hope that you can see that in yourself. I love you guys so much. I can't wait to see you next week. Who knows what it'll bring? I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. I will see you then. Bye.